Good morning and welcome to today's episode of Faith and Money with Keith Conley. This week we will be diving into a little bit more the topic of sin being a debt. In last week's episode, we discussed how simply owing someone else money that doesn't always equal sin. But at the same time, you, you gotta approach this both with an open heart and an open mind and be willing to address some questions to look into the fact that the debt's needed or if there's another route. So that that's what we'll be discussing today. Before we get started, I know this weekend is the start of the college football season and Keith, you're Penn State alumni. I know you're a huge Penn State Mitty Lion fan. But I also know being on the West Coast that you follow Oregon a little bit, and I, I love the Georgia Bulldogs. So that, that's a big thing on my counter this weekend is the Oregon playing Georgia at the Mercedes Dome in Atlanta. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. You know, to be clear, I'm not a Penn State grad. I'm just from Pennsylvania. But okay. it's been a lifetime uh, Nittany line, been to several dozen games and, and – uh, you know, it's always a real uh, fun time of year. You're anticipating the beginning of, of the first kickoff, uh, and there's a lot of questions. Uh, how do you think the Bulldogs are going to do this year? You know what? I actually, and we have a favorable schedule. As Well, of course, the rankings will change as the season goes along, but preseason poll, we only, we only play two teams that are ranked on the schedule right now. And I actually think because we we lost a lot of players in the draft last year, and I think this is going to be the start of Kirby Start Smart establishing, hey, you know, that wasn't a one-year, one-and-done type deal. I think Georgia is going to be right up there in top two or three as this season progresses. So we're yeah. – we're I'm just – both the SEC and Big Ten both, I'm ready to – get these additions swinging and get the changes in schedules and I'm sure that's got to make you happy yeah. knowing there's going to be a lot of uh, Big Ten games there in your area now. Yeah, you know, you figure at least once every four years, Penn State may be out here on average uh, now that uh, USC and UCLA are coming into the Big Ten. You know, with Penn State, uh, you know, last year was kind of a disappointing year. We started out super strong and we kind of ended uh, with the wind out of our sails and the season at 500. Uh, I think this year, you know, it'll be really telling to see what, you know, superstar offensive coordinator Mike Urich does with our offense. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the consistency of our quarterback, Sean Clifford. And it'll be interesting. And I and I personally think that our, our season will hinge on the improved playing of our offensive line uh and you know we have we have the the weapons at wide receiver we have the weapons at uh tailback and running back uh but if we can't establish the run game with a strong offensive line i think we're going to be in for a, a, another you know eight and four or six and five season maybe yeah because i enjoyed and a lot of it had to do with my interaction with you but i was really paying attention to penn state last year and to go back to that i believe it was the iowa game when the quarterback got hurt near the end of the game if he doesn't get injured i think your season ends completely different yep 
I agree. I agree. Uh, how well, many years does he have left? Sean Clifford, this is his sixth year. So okay. it's his last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but let's get into talking about the five yeah. days of debt. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, we're starting off with this right from the get go. What is the first reason that can be dangerous? We discussed last week how not all debt is automatically dangerous, but what is a telltale sign that you are crossing into that danger zone? Yeah, well, you know, I'll start with this and just saying that, you know, just because debt is not always sin doesn't mean that it's always wise. Uh, with like most of life, uh, going into debt and handling money is a discernment, a wisdom issue. Uh, you know, and so, you know, the first thing that I would say about the dangers of debt is that borrowing money always presumes upon the future. It assumes that future conditions will allow us to repay that debt. Um, and, you know, some Bible verses to think about uh, that concept, you know, uh, Proverbs tell us not to boast of tomorrow for, you know, what you don't know what the future will bring forth. Uh, you know, lots of things can happen in this life. Uh, you know, we can buy a car or, you know, go in credit card debt or or have some sort of debt and things happen. We may lose our, our job. We may become sick or injured. Um, you know, interest rates may change. Uh, uh, you know, we may have some other family crisis. Uh, maybe we don't become sick or injured, but maybe we have a child who goes, uh, becomes sick or we have new expenses that we weren't anticipating and, and paying off that debt uh, may be difficult. So, you know, if we're going to go into debt, we have to recognize that we have to plan accordingly for our finances to make sure that we're going to be able to pay on that that debt. Yeah, exactly. And I, regardless, you know, this show isn't about politics, so it, it doesn't even matter which side of the fence you're on. I think almost anyone can admit things are a lot different right now than they were three or four years ago. And just looking back, and we don't even have to make it political. We're just say how much things have changed since COVID. It, man, it almost makes it scary to think about getting a loan or something you're going to spend the next five to 10 years paying back. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I want to give out some statistics here for people to, for the listeners to consider. 67% of Americans feel financially stressed. 62% of Americans have credit card debt. And 41% of Americans would be unable to cover an unplanned expense of at least $1,000. What that means is if their water heater went out or uh, they needed a new transmission in their car or some some unplanned expense that they weren't expecting, they would have to borrow money to pay for that $1,000 expense. They don't have it in their bank account. Uh, and so this is a very uh, concerning statistic showing that people are not prepared to manage their their money in a way that would honor the Lord. Yeah, well, in bringing that up, you're right. Stuff life does happen. I mean, it things beyond our control. So, 
what exactly what are some steps people can take that you can recommend just to make sure that they're going to be able to meet their financial obligations yeah well i i think that far too many people pay too little attention uh to their insurance um you know we we pay for the cheapest home and auto insurance we um and then we're unable to pay the deductible or we don't have enough coverage so making sure that your insurance is up to par but also making sure that you actually talk to someone who's an expert on life insurance and finances to make sure that you have enough life insurance there's nothing worse in this world than uh passing away you know unexpectedly and leaving your family destitute um I, I i personally believe that that's a sin issue and far too many people are just say hey i have life insurance through my job it's fifty thousand that'll help my family you know at least get started after i pass away if i pass away and unlikely but you know they have this attitude that hey fifty thousand dollars will get them started well but if you think about the cost of of funeral expenses and and medical expenses that fifty thousand dollars is going to be uh eaten up very quickly and very little is going to be left you know some guidelines on life insurance is that uh depending on your age and your health uh you should have somewhere between uh 10 to 20 times your income in life insurance the other thing that i recommend is you know the chances of of a younger person passing away um, aren't terribly good you know for example term insurance only two percent of term life insurance ever makes a death benefit payment that doesn't mean that it's bad it just means that it's you know the chances of you passing away during the the term of your life insurance policy is not great but the far greater uh, possibility is that you might become sick or injured and unable to work uh 25 percent of people 30 and older are going to be uh unable to work for at least a year and so for folks who have you know income of seventy thousand dollars or more they really want to talk to someone who who has uh independent they're an independent agent and advisor and they're able to discuss long-term disability insurance which will send you a paycheck every month so that you can pay for your expenses and event become sick or injured and let's go back to that for just a second because i i'm one of the people and you kind of just touched on it looking for someone to help for me that means i'm gonna google something and i'm more more likely gonna call the first or second name that pops up so what are some things people should look for obviously the direct answer is they just need to call you but <laughs> What are some things someone could like if I was going to shop for insurance as soon as we're done with this this podcast, what should I be looking for? Because you're right. I, I think if I check out my car insurance right now, I probably did go with the cheapest monthly payment. Well, for for life and disability insurance, you, you really want to be working with a, either a company that focuses primarily on life and long-term disability insurance or is a mutual insurance company um, and not a stock company. Uh, there's, there's several companies out there. There's not that many that actually do long-term disability insurance anymore. 
Um, but, you know, there are several out there and it really depends upon a number of factors, including your vocation, because some insurance companies um, are more willing to insure someone uh, with a certain vocation. You know, some companies are more willing to insure someone who has a blue collar uh, job versus, say, a physician. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, it, it's really about working with an advisor um, who has a knowledge of the different offerings of the of the insurance companies out there to make sure that they understand what your needs are and are able to design you a product that that suits your best interest. Uh, okay, now, so like that, obviously, that's the life happens. That's the number one reason why that can be dangerous. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. But also, it, it it can be dangerous because being in debt exposes problems with our spiritual condition. How would you address that? Yeah, well, you know, borrowing money may deny the opportunity to allow God to work. Uh, you know, debt is almost always symptomatic of, of spiritual issues. Now, I want to be careful and, and say that that's not always the case, but many times it is. You know, going into debt might be because we have this feeling of entitlement or we need instant gratification. You know, back in the 80s, we talked about the instant gratification of, of microwave dinners. Uh, we live in a world now where... The, any information we could ever need is just at our fingertips, just on our phone or on our computers. Uh, and, you know, if we're going into debt because we feel like we need something now, that may expose something in our hearts that's not in alignment with, you know, the word of God. Um, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that the godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, we brought nothing into the world and we can carry nothing out. And, and you know, the and first Timothy six says, hey, you know, all we really need is is food and shelter. Um, and, uh, you know, if we fall into uh, temptation for debt, you know, we we put ourselves into a situation where we may be ensnared and and our hearts may be taken away from the Lord. We may also have this feeling of independence. I don't need God because I don't need to pray that I have this need met because I could just go get a loan instead of, yeah. of going to the Lord in prayer. Um, we have this feeling of of independence rather than dependence upon God. Yes, and I, I personally, I've been doing a lot of studies the last couple of weeks on idols, and it just it's incredible how quick just a number in a bank account can become an idol when we're not careful of that. And I, I spend. I know plenty of people who they spend more time every day checking different numbers and different accounts than they do praying to God. In that, just yeah, that's yeah. scary. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll we'll talk a little bit at the end of the episode about you know knowing when to going into debt might be the thing to do, but. You know, I'll just think back on on my own situation and my family's own situation. Uh, several years ago, I can't remember how many anymore. Um, we took out a loan on a van. You know, we my wife and I each had a had a, a vehicle. I had a truck, and my wife had a four door car. But we had three kids, <laughs> and 
if you know our family, our, our family, <laughs> we uh, we definitely have some personalities in our family and, and we definitely um, have been through a lot and we have wonderful kids. But, you know, my wife and I just felt like having three kids in the back seat was not. <laughs> we couldn't handle it anymore. It wasn't healthy. <laughs> it wasn't healthy. We were going, we were going crazy because I, you know, of, of the things that kids do, you know, young kids. Yeah. And so we bought a van. Now we didn't buy a brand new van. We didn't even buy a top of the line used van, but we bought a van and we financed it uh, through our, our bank and we paid it off as quickly as we could. Um, does that mean that we weren't content with, uh the vehicles that we had um no I, I mean i don't think so but I, I i saw that you know my children needed their space yes. and 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 we were happy to do that yeah yeah and uh, i do think necessities that's where you know that's for me one thing i've been working on is just being honest with myself about the situations I'm in. And if I can't give an honest answer that, hey, this is something I need right now, no, I don't need to go get a loan for it. And right. another question I have, because you kind of, you know, when I heard you discussing with the kids in the back seat, kind of reminded me of being trapped. So when you go in debt, how can debt trap you? What what are some ways that debt will limit your options and what you can do in the future? Yeah. Well, when we go into debt and we have too much of it, it's like a snare trap. A snare trap, you know, when you're trapping an animal without getting too gory, uh, when the animal is snared and they're moving around trying to escape, the, the trap actually becomes tighter and tighter until they either um, asphyxiate um, or they just die from exhaustion. Now, hopefully, you know, the, we could talk about the ethics of trapping and how it should be done. But, but the point yeah. is that debt can be like a snare and it can you know, ensnare us and entrap us until we feel more and more pressure and more and more trapped. You know, and debt can be hard to get out of for some people. You know, if we're paying high interest rates or 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 debt payments make too much of our income, you know, we're paying a lot of money towards interest and not paying off the loan. You know, I've talked to so many people who have said, I'm paying on this loan every month, but my balance isn't going down. Uh, we're more susceptible to things like lawsuits, wage garnishments, and, and declining credit scores. Uh, and, you know, we're more, and when we're feeling desperate when we're in debt, we could be more susceptible to scams like uh, consolidations and, and other types of of money laundering and, and, and other types of fraud, um, just because we'll do anything to get out of our present situation. Right. Um, and so, you know, definitely, you know, if, if our debt becomes unmanageable, we can feel um, desperate to get out of the situation and it can really um, prevent future opportunities. Well, and I'm just curious here, along with opportunities like, finances and other things how how does how can being in debt 
how does that limit how we're able to live for God and what we are able to do as individuals trying to expand the kingdom? Yeah, well, you know, going into debt really limits the amount of, of money we have to be generous. One of the, the hallmarks of, of Christian finances is exceptional, radical generosity. Yes. Uh, and if all of our money is going towards debt and, and to pay for minimal living expenses that we can afford, we don't have the ability to give back to God and to be a part of, of what he's doing in that way. Yes, one of my one of my favorite preachers. Um, he's real big, always harping that generosity is a lifestyle. It's not a feeling or an emotion or something you do. It's the way you live. Yeah, yeah. and we're get, we'll have some episodes in the future on on generosity and tithing and and things like that. How I, I'm just curious. How does being in debt? How does that affect our tax situation? Our debt is always paid with after-tax dollars. There's okay. no tax benefits to paying the interest on your credit card debt. And that could limit our opportunities to, do, to reduce our taxes. Uh, you know, the, there's paying off debt, you know, and you not having those tax benefits, you know, there are some exceptions, um, moderate expect exceptions, you know, their mortgage interest deduction. If you're itemizing your taxes, you can uh, deduct the first uh, interest on the first million of mortgage debt. Um, but if you bought a house after 2017, that interest deduction is limited to 750,000. But you have to itemize your deductions, whereas the standard deductions these days are so high that most people are are taking the standard deduction, which for a married, finally, jointly couple is somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty four thousand. Um, so if you don't have itemized deductions over that, you're not going to be taking advantage of, of that deduction. Um, the other one is um, student loan interest deduction. Uh, if you. If you make under $140,000 of modified adjust, adjusted gross income, you can withdraw up to $2,500. But if you're you know, paying on car loans, you're paying on um, business debt or personal debt uh, or, uh, or other types of debt, you're not, there's no tax benefits. It's all after tax dollars. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What, what exactly happened? How can people just start taking small beginning steps? Obviously, call somebody like yourself. Yeah. But as far as just sitting at the kitchen table looking at what bills are due and what money's available, what are some basic small steps you would tell I mean, somebody? There's really only two things that someone who's struggling with debt can do to get out of their circumstances. The first is to earn more income. Um, as much as I criticize him, Dave Ramsey says, you know, start delivering pizzas or or Uber or get creative and finding some side hustle. I don't know about the 
the wisdom of, of doing Uber or or delivering pizzas these days with the cost of gas. I'm out here in California and it's still five dollars a gallon. But uh, but, you know, in today's day and age, it's easier and easier to find alternative streams of income. And if you're able to find some sort of passive income or, or some sort of side hustle, that could be a way to increase your ability to pay off debt faster. The second is way is you reduce your expenses. You cut back, you, you drop the Netflix, you drop the date nights, you drop the um, extra expenses until you get your debt under control. Those are really the two primary ways that we can get out of debt. Okay, so so far with this episode, and if you haven't yet, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's show because the two directly tie in together. So far, we've learned that debt is not always a sin, but it obviously can be dangerous. How do we know if going to debt is the right move for us to make? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's several guidelines on knowing when to take debt. And really, it just comes down to discernment issue. Uh, the first one is common sense. You know, for borrowing to make sense, you know, I would say that the economic reward of the debt needs to be greater than the economic cost. Um, you know, to put it another way, the thing you're purchasing needs to grow in value or pay an economic return greater than the cost of borrowing. So, you know, something like an appreciating asset, like a, a home would be a, a good thing, you know, potentially to borrow money for, um, or uh, if you were to earn some sort of advanced degree, which would increase your income. The second thing that I would say is that you have a guaranteed way to repay the, the debt. Um, you can either um, sell sell the property in the event that you're unable to pay for it um, or some sell some other asset to pay the debt that if you were to need to do that. Um, perhaps you could earn uh, income from other sources to pay off the debt if your current income situation may change. But you need to have a way to repay the loan. It, you know, it, it would be sin for us to not repay a loan that we promised to pay on. Uh, the third is, and this is a very subjective one, uh, you know, peace of heart and mind. If you're not comfortable taking out that debt, then don't do it. That's pretty simple. <laughs> and, and I mean, everyone's different. And this isn't, you know, about taking verses out of context in the Bible. This is a subjective, you know, in my gut, am, am I going to be able to sleep at night? Am I going to, do I feel good about doing this? Is there peace uh, in my own life and making this decision? But the fourth one is, you know, do you have unity? Is there peace with you and your, your significant other, your spouse? Are you in agreement that this is, this debt is the right thing to do? Uh, if, if you, you aren't communicating with your spouse, over this debt, then you shouldn't be doing it. And you should both be agreeing that this debt is the right thing to do and have a plan to pay it off and to, you know, stay in conformity with the word of God and united with one another on this decision. Yeah. And I think, especially with me, because I, 
my faith was not always important to me as it is now and I can't even count how many years as a young adult I didn't consider God or the Bible whatsoever anytime I went to get alone it, it just was the last thing last thing on my mind and that that's different today it definitely needs a lot of prayer it does and you know prayer is the unsung hero here you know asking God for wisdom asking God to direct your paths uh prayer prayer changes things and God gives us wisdom when we ask exactly and that's why I'm I'm looking forward to next week's show next week we'll be discussing how to be wealthy according to the Bible and so I'm I'm really excited about that. I mean, everyone you hear the word wealthy, and it's at least got to pique your interest. But I think yeah. it's not going to be exactly what a lot of people are thinking. Definitely, knowing you. So, so okay, that um that wraps up this week's episode. And for those listening along, make sure you check out Faith and Money Substack page. Wednesday morning, we will have a blog post just kind of going back over everything we discussed today. And also, while you're reading, make sure you subscribe to Keith's page. I, as someone who works a lot with Substack, it's not very often you find a page where they don't even mention paid subscriptions. All the content that Keith publishes right now is free of charge. And it, it's going to help you not only grow spiritually, but it's going to help you address your your finances and being in debt or being wealthy or just any topic whatsoever relating to money and finances. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. It's been a good discussion and, and looking forward to more episodes coming up. Yes. I want to remind I want to remind I want to remind people that I'm hosting a free uh, webinar in September geared for church leaders, uh, ministers, therapists, uh, and leaders in the church on um, a former uh, minister and, and current financial advisor's perspective on premarital counseling uh, on the area of finances. I know that you know a lot of you ministers are very good at, at, at counseling and have done a lot of premarital counseling, but uh, I'd like to give you my perspective as someone who's seminary trained and trained as a as a professional financial advisor on ways to talk to couples preparing for marriage about money uh, and how they can stay within the will of God with their finances. It's a big topic. A lot of marriages end over money, and uh, I just want to be a blessing to you and, and give you some of my insights. Yes, and also anyone who's listened along today and Keith has said something that has you want to call him or contact him, He's very active on LinkedIn, and I, I will also, also make sure the link to his Calendly account is in the description of this episode. All you have to do is click on that, and you can schedule time to talk with Keith about moving forward. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Yes, well, that wraps up this episode of Faith and Money with Keith Conley. We will look forward to seeing everyone next week and uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Go dogs this weekend. So Nitty Lions. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.